Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hello. Oh, gave me some gave me some bass since we were technology challenged Don over here in the Midwest. Yeah, man. It's all about the bass. Is it all about the bass? It's what I hear. It's what the cool kids tell me. I don't know. Yeah, well, for, luckily enough for me and you, neither one of us, well, I don't know, you might consider yourself a cool kid, but I am long past that. I'm not a cool kid, but if you say so. Well, dude, I, man, I... I still, I know we just like, this is what I always find funny is that like, I have this whole plan program in my head and we talk and then we have a tech, you know, technical difficulty. I don't know why we call it technical difficulty. We should just call it a screw up and uh, we just try to make it nice, I guess. And I still, even after you talking for 10 minutes, I still feel like I need to call you a therapist. <sighs> yeah, man. Like you just got to talk it out sometimes, you know, you may not have to press record, but yeah, it was a it was a rough weekend out there in uh, Norwalk, and two DNQs in the funny car and the dragster, and I learned a valuable lesson while I was there as to uh, what can happen when you pedal a top field dragster. But we live and learn and and go on. You know, it's I'm not the only one that's ever pedaled it and threw a rod out of it, but uh, <clears throat> you know, it happens and. I just felt really bad for the team and Terry because, you know, that's a, that's a big hit for us because, you know, we don't have 30 motors underneath the trailer. We got a couple, but, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back uh, somehow. Well, wait a minute. Now, earlier you told me, how many races did you go with the same short block? Uh, 12. So, I mean, that, there is that. There is that. I mean, mind, mind you, we've changed the crank a time or two. So, I mean, the same, but yes, the same block was in there for 12 races. So we had a really good run and, uh, rest in peace to, uh, that engine block. Um, you know, Terry says he can fix it because luckily, you know, I know a guy that at Lone Star Aluminum block repair that can fix it, but he said, uh, I just made a lot of work for him. And unfortunately, uh, you know, when you're the owner, you can't pay for it. So you got it. It's just manual labor. So I might, I might have a trip to Temple, Texas in my future to, to figure out how to fix a block. But yeah, no, I, uh, for those of you that don't know, I, Q3, I was only going to run Q3 and we weren't in yet because I smoked the tires in Q1 and we were going to run the funny car in Q4 to try to get that in. And unfortunately I stepped on the gas. It shook real hard and I pedaled it trying to, cause the bump was only like at that time was like 490. So I figured off, oh, I slap it and get down there. It'll still go, you know, 420, 412, something like that. And we, we'd get in. Well, when I pedaled it, it didn't recover again and it zinged up and, and threw the rod out of it and blew the blower off of it. So, um, yeah, I learned what it can do when, when you pedal a nitro car and, you know, unfortunately one out of 10 times it can, it can do that. And, you know, sometimes, like I said, you, you know, shoot Doug Coletta can pedal it four times in in Bristol and the thing stays together. But you know, the one time, one time I do it, unfortunately it, it let go. So, but I mean, it happens to a lot of people. It's happened, happened to Antron and Juliet happened to Terry McMillan and I think Topeka, but yeah, they just said, ah, you're, you know, you're learning and it is what it is, you know, welcome to nitro racing. So, but at the end of the day, I just, I just feel really bad for Terry cause he's, he's doing so much for me and you know, it's, it's just expensive and, and, uh, but we'll recover and find some more marketing partners and keep going. So, so what you're saying is that you're over on Amazon Prime today looking for aluminum blocks. Is that what you're doing today? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Dude, I felt horrible for you and the guys. I, I'm not, you know, it was great for us to be able to actually be on the same property for a race weekend that, you know, um, for a lot of people was um, bittersweet or, you know, uh, a merry-go-round, uh, two sides to every story. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of cliches that we could use to describe what went on at Norwalk this weekend. I think we're going to talk a little bit about it, but it was still your guys were over there. They're working hard and had oil all over their, their faces and and hairdos being, you know, 90 weight oil being used as a uh, mousse and, and hair gel for a lot of them. So, uh, you know, 
my hat's off to Evan. I mean, that's just, I was on the starting line with, when it happened, videoing it. And I, I mean, everybody just was dejected. I mean, it is, we all dropped our heads. It was just like, you know, everybody's got so much put into it. You all, you really do have an all volunteer crew. They work their tails off. And so, um, yeah, man. And that, that's the worst part, you know, and it's like, but it, you know, it, at the end of the day, if you, if you don't pedal it to try to get in, you're not qualified regardless. But I mean, yes, it, it was way more expensive this way, but you know, everybody says, Oh, like you guys aren't out there trying. You just smoke the tires just to get in to qualify. It's like, dude, we're doing everything we possibly can to, to qualify because people don't realize that, you know, it, it's a lot less money when you don't qualify. So the extra, you know, four or $5,000 that you don't get, if you don't qualify is a big, is a big deal to us, you know, to some teams it might not be, but for us it is. So you got to go out there and you got to give her hell. So, I mean, like it was, I, I had so many of these like really great content thoughts of like coming over on my phone and playing, what is that? Guns and roses knocking on, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. I, I didn't know if that was like go over too well or, you know, uh, I mean, uh, what's that, what's that one, what's that one old school 70s song, uh, knock three times. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how many, how many times? I don't know. I, I was stunned when, when I looked at the size of the hole in there and everybody's like, no, we'll fix it. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, at first it didn't, luckily it didn't throw a bunch of oil on the ground. You know, all the containment devices, like when I, obviously the, the blower was hanging on, flopping around. And we were hoping that it just popped the blower off of it and blew the burst panels out of it. But, and I looked down there and I didn't really see any oil, but there was like something smoldering down there, but it was like the, uh, the mat that we put in there in case there is a fire. It soaks up some of the, some of the oil. And that was like, I'm like, oh, I see orange. And they're like, Psh! like putting that out. But that's the only thing that got on the track was like their cold fire stuff. So luckily we didn't get a, an oil penalty. So that was cool. That'll work. Well, dude, I, uh, are we ready? Are we ready to talk about this week? Talk away, man. What do you What do you think we should call this week's episode? The struggle is real. <laughs> We've been saying that for like months on end since we started this shindig. Story of my life. <laughs> yeah, the true autobiography of Cameron Frey. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm thinking sportsless. Sport sportsless. I like that sportsless right so uh, you know if you're if you're a listener and you tuned in uh we are going to talk some sports business marketing and um but we're gonna we're gonna focus it a little bit around what transpired for nhra the bader family um those that participate in the traveling circus and how it affected many people Many layers. How about uh, we shouldn't say many people. Let's say many layers of motorsports this week with what we can completely say that it was not an afterthought. It was planned out ahead of time based off of weather. We weren't at a racetrack and they said, guys, go home. We can't get you done or you're going to race on Monday or anything of that, that nature. NHRA came out Sunday at Bristol. And said, guys, <laughs> we're building arcs in Norwalk and Sandusky. We 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 don't have ground to to house you. Um, so there was no sportsman for the NHRA Summit Nationals, the race for the ice cream scooper, and the only quote unquote sportsman classes that were there were alcohol dragster and funny car and factory stock showdown. And so every, that was done on Sunday. So we had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and even on Thursday, I still saw people posting their concern, complaining, some support, very few, of NHRA and the Bader family. Mr. Mr. Bill Bader Jr. posted a, a video. He did many social media uh, you know, Facebook Live trying to communicate what you know, was, was actually going on on the property. And uh, we went, 
my wife uh, was well enough, and we went to Norwalk uh, so that we could support the NGK folks who were on property. And we drove through the rain for many hours to get there and sat in the rain on Thursday um, to set up. And I am very, very thankful. How about that? Thankful that I was able to actually see it with my own eyes so that I can talk about it very, very passionately about the decision-making process that went on. But before I do that, I want to, uh, let, let's, Cam, let's get somebody who, uh, as, as they say is, um, you know, what he is in the hall of fame. I understand he's, uh, he's been, I think he's in like the, the greater Schenectady or something like this drag racing hall of fame, or, or, or I, I, I don't know exactly where, but they have told me that he is in a hall of fame. It may be in his own mind, but nonetheless, I want to uh, call up my buddy, Johnny D from drag racing edge. And you people should know him. It, He's been on the show before. He has been on the show before. He is actually going to be, I, so see, this is the hall that he's in. He's actually our first repeat interview, repeat guest. Bring him up. He's fancy. All right. He's fancy. <laughs> he looks pretty fancy oh. when he blows when he blows in the staging lanes, blows by in his scooter with all his cameras and looking all fresh. Uh, well, and he does wear colorful shirts, but did you I know you probably I don't you may have seen him this weekend. He was actually had no scooter. He was on a bicycle and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he was pedaling everywhere he went, camera slinging side to side while he was pedaling. Uh Looked like he was working on his newspaper out, but nonetheless, let's uh, let's ring up Johnny D and bring him on the show. John, are you there? I'm here, buddy. What's going on, sir? I'm honored. I'm honored to be your first repeat guest. Didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't, sir. Well, no. I, I, we're not going to tell you that no one else has taken up the offer of coming on <laughs> twice. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll bypass that one, but I am honored. Trust me. <laughs> so, so John, we we're, we we want to talk. Uh, we want to talk about Norwalk this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of just give you a, a couple minutes here from not only a racer standpoint, but you're also in the publication, PR, media uh, segment of the world, and uh, let you give us your point of view from a racer, a publication, and the sanctioning body leadership that actually had to uh, organize, pull off, well, I shouldn't say pull off, execute the event that went on this weekend. You know, it's, it's probably no big secret that I've kind of made mention that I don't think we need sportsman cars at all national events. So, I mean, that's... That's my first comment. Um, and I honestly believe that what transpired this past weekend is a perfect example of that, that it's a show. Let's put on a show. However, and I mentioned this in my blog last week, that uh, uh, at one time I was told that when Wally Park set up the national event circuit, so to speak, uh, he wanted to be it to be like a big car club gathering with all his friends and so on and so forth. And that's why, as I'm t- as I was told years ago, that's why sportsman cars will always be at national events. And that's pretty admirable. But I think there's times when not that we don't need them. Um, you know, obviously, NHRA, I think, needs them for their money, I think. Uh, the $300 that are sent in way ahead of time by 400 racers or however many there are. I mean, that's, that's gotta help, but you know, there's also talk that from a filler standpoint, we need them. And I, this weekend, I'm not so sure that we needed them from a filler standpoint. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Like, I mean, being a sport coming from the sportsman arena and like, so you and Don and whatever, like. I have mixed emotions about it because yes, as a sports and racer, everybody wants to race a national event, but on the flip side, you can shorten up the program by a heck of a lot and not have to have all these fans sitting in the sweltering heat all day or hiding from the sweltering heat to come watch the races. Like I've always kind of 
been a proponent of maybe do uh, still do national events, but do them, you know, the weekend after or the weekend before. So you can still run for a big Wally and, and all that. And if people want to come out and watch a sportsman car is cool, but make the pro sh- make the pro show like a, like a Friday night, Saturday night thing. And that way it's, it's faster. It's, you know, it's more attention grabbing fireworks and the whole, sh- the whole shebang. But, you know, we did the, I mean, look at Gainesville. Um, it, the sports were finished Saturday night because Sunday's weather forecast looked horrible, um, which it didn't turn out to be, I think, as bad as, as anticipated. But, I mean, they finished the sportsman Saturday night, and I think it really went over well. I, I think it, it, I use the term clean up. Maybe that's not the right term, but I, I think it cleaned up Sunday's show. Um, it allowed them to concentrate on the pros. And I think they had live TV. I'm not sure. I don't remember if they had live TV for Gainesville, but I mean, I think it, I think it just fits the program better. Uh, you know, you bring up a point that, you know, maybe we should run the sportsman on Thursday and Friday and finish him up whatever Saturday or finish him up Friday night. I mean, that, that could work also. Um, but I think this weekend, and I'm going to say that I think that this weekend should have taught the NHRA something or at least had them learn something that they could run a show without sportsman racers. However, they have done that in the past, years past. I mean, it, it's been numerous times where we've had national events run without sportsmen because of rainouts or whatnot, hurricanes. We've had hurricanes. Um but yet the show, uh, I don't want to say that they didn't learn anything. I mean, obviously, I think they did. But, I mean, we didn't see any changes from it either. So the show has been going on the way the show has been going on. The only big change uh, on the sportsman end of thing was years ago, I guess, when we went to uh, racing him down to four, only four cars to the semifinals for Saturday night. Um, so Sunday, you only had four sportsman cars in each class. Um, uh, you know, other than that change, I, I haven't seen any changes to national events in, I don't want to say 50 years, but 40 years, I can tell you. Yeah, I will, I will say, I mean, this might be a sidebar conversation, but with some of the, I do know that a lot of this stuff is that the people that are running NHRA and I got to give a little bit of kudos to them. They are thinking about this stuff. Like I just, I've heard rumblings and things that they're, that they're trying, they're trying to make it better. You know, we, we've talked about this, you know, with different guests and stuff and, you know, they're doing their, they're making a little more of an effort to try to, to figure out what the answer is, is a, is a all pro show and sportsman only show the right answer. We don't know yet, but they're, they're doing research and I got to give them, like you said, you know, maybe, maybe they're, they're looking into it. I, I'm willing to bet they are just from what they've kind of come because they, they come around and talk to the pro teams you know, every weekend type of thing. Just, you know, which is even cool. Like I didn't think they would even do that. And I've noticed that every single race they come by and come by and see us and, and who am I, you know, I'm just, I'm just the new guy, which is cool. And then, you know, they always check in with Terry and make sure, you know, anything we could help and do and, you know, which is cool. Just even that. So, you, you know, I mean, you, you speak of kudos and, and boy, I, you got to give them a lot of kudos after last week. And, mm-hmm. but I almost believe that part of that was, uh, Mr. Bader's insistence that we can't have sportsman cars. You know, we have <laughs> gone, we've gone to event, events before many of them, it seems like where we're all sitting there either in the parking lot or in the pits or whatnot. And they go, guys, you're done. We can't, we can't do this. You're going to have to go home. Um, so for them to number one, take the initiative to tell everyone last Sunday, four days before two days, in some cases before anyone left their home that listen, guys, don't bother coming because we just can't handle you. So, I mean, I, I think you got to give them a lot of kudos for doing that. Um, the only, if I got in the program, unless you guys know anything different is they have not made, I use the term attempt, but they have not made an attempt to say when the sportsman will run, uh, again. And, and all the other events that we were at where they sent us home, 
it seems, if I remember correctly, it seems like we were always told, guys, you need to go home. We can't run you this week, but come back next week, come back next month, come back in six months, whatever. We're running it. That has not been said. I haven't even heard any rumors as to when they're going to rerun this race, which has me a little concerned. Um, and and then again, yeah, it has me concerned. Possibly could they could say, we've got to cancel you. We can't run you, period. Um, which, I don't know. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they said that. I'd say the only people that would not benefit from that would be the people that, is it top dragster and top sportsman? I mean, Don, you can answer this. Uh, they only get a certain amount of national events. You know, most super comp, super gas, whatever, like you're only claiming, what is it, eight? Or you can run, you can yeah. claim six of eight, yeah. right? Yeah, so, five of eight, I think, or yeah. six, whatever, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's 24 of them, right? So, I mean, you lose one, ah, whatever. Like, I mean, even though it might be your home track or whatever, you can still travel to make it up. Yeah, now, not- top sportsman and top dragster is a little different because they can only, Don, is it 12? There's 12 total, right? Yeah, so it would be three. It would be your best best three of your first five on the national so, yeah. event side. So if you you know the way they had the schedule broke down, it used to be that there was uh, up until this year there used to be a number of let, let's call them let's call them open let's call them open events uh, to where if you were you know if you're in the northeast you had a couple opportunities to get to Norwalk. Uh, well, we don't have English town anymore. So, uh, Reading and Virginia, I believe. So you had a couple of extras that were in your area that you could, you know, you had to travel a couple more hours or whatever the case may be to get to, uh, if you wanted to, you know, you missed one, Let, let's say that, you know, you missed one. Uh, now with the way the, the schedule is, you don't, you don't have all, there's not a whole lot of room for error on missing uh, national events, unless you're going to really travel to make them up. So, uh, I think that is a challenge. And, and so I'm, man, I, I, well, Don, what's your, what's your, I mean, if they would have come flat out and say it's canceled, what's so I had this conversation yesterday, uh, with uh with jb the owner and i you know i kind of gave him like my you know if we're making a if if we're involved in business you know we're the baiters and we're nhra and we're sitting there in a boardroom and you walk in and you hand me a spreadsheet and you show me you know this is the the projected forecast for how much money we're going to lose to put on this event to bring the sportsman back versus the impact of who's going to help you know subsidize the the bleeding you know i'm probably looking at you and saying guys i this is a business decision we're not having the norwalk nationals this year uh it, you know at that point because you know the bader family i mean you know you can do rough math 600 campsites you know, we talked about this off air. 600 campsites, average four people per campsite. 400 sportsman cars, averaging uh, three people per per car. That was a lot of money, concession stands and admissions and so forth, fees that, that the Bader family lost. And I say lost because, you know, they had to refund stuff and people didn't show up and whatever the case is. But those people aren't coming back for the sportsman only aka divisional not to mention not not, not to mention that i don't think you're going to get half the racers to come no, back. i'm gonna i'm gonna roll it over i got 12 months i'm in the furthest northeast area i'm not driving all the way back down i'm gonna roll it over to the next national event that i can attend so as a business person i'll totally understand if they come out and say guys not gonna happen now as a racer well, heck, yeah, I want to have this event. I want a chance to run for an ice cream scooper. I mean, what the – I'm sitting here. <laughs> that would be the ultimate goal. Yeah, I see him, John. Any, like, it, yeah, if my, <laughs> wife, if my wife, if I won Norwalk, I'm pretty sure that would be the highlight of her life. Exactly. Because she's an ice cream connoisseur. Exactly. 
I, I mean, that's, I mean, let's not make no. She could give a crap about the Wally. She won't say. Yeah. I got, I got to tell, I got to tell you a funny story. It just gets off topic a little bit. When I won there in 2013, Bill Jr. comes up to me and he says, we have a special ice cream scooper for you. And I go, oh, that I just I, this was the first year they gave out ice cream scoop. And here he comes down and hands me. He must have went to the ice cream stand and got an original ice cream scoop and gives it to me. He goes, this is a special one just for you. And I think it still had ice cream crap still left in it. I'd have taken it home. I'd have put it on the mantle. I, I mean, so I, I mean, I get that. Um, I guess that takes me a little further. Uh, did they pull off the show? Yeah. Hey, sportsman guys, the ground, my pug could have been swimming in the top sportsman and top dragster pit area when we showed up on Thursday. She could have just been dog paddling her little tail off in the area that we would have been pitted in. So without a shadow of a doubt, they made the right decision. Right, don't don't let I I will I won't argue long with you because in the end there's not you're not going to come up with a, a reason to justify sticking 72 rigs and you know let's just say everybody's at least a quarter of a million dollars in the mud to pull them out because they were pulling out cars Friday night out of the mud from the from the spectators so I, I want to get that which is exactly where the sportsman were parked. Would have been. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. So, uh, without a doubt, they pulled it off. It was a great show. I mean, it was, and it was fast-paced. All right? So, we talk about trying to hold the attention of people out there in today's society. Let's talk about my impact or my thought process or my – and actually, it's really a concern. How are we – as sports marketing people, sportsmen racers, going to be able to impact or change the game of the way things happen. Because I'm, I'm here to tell you, Cam, that schedule, I know you were on the other side of the track. You could have you wound your watch by it. 90 minutes before the pros started, they came in in droves like they were moving cattle. Ninety And as soon as the pro show ended, they were 90 minutes back to the parking lot for their next cold beverage and sandwich. Well, you could look at this two ways. That's that's awesome because it gets the concessions, people people buying concessions, buying t-shirts, this, that, and the other thing, seeing what's going on in the pits. Uh, or you could look at it as, oh, well, they don't get to see as much car, as many cars go down the track. But let's be honest, how many people are actually really watching Super Comp or Stock? Anyway. Well, I, my thing in here, I'll throw this out to you. We didn't have super comper stock. We had alcohol factory stock showdown on the property. Right. And people, there was people in the, in the stands watching alcohol. I saw it. And I mean, not, it, it wasn't completely full, but there was people watching. So what, what is the, what's the concern there? I mean, there's a concern. There's many of them, I think. I think the the classes that they picked, you know, factory stock, pro stock, pro mod, alcohol, and and top fuel funny card. Those are the those that would be the show. I think they kind of did that for a reason to kind of judge it and see what it could look like in the future. Well, see those those classes also are the ones. <clears throat> excuse me, those classes, with the exception of factory stock, were the ones who end up being parked on the pavement side of that racetrack. Also, right. Um, they squeezed in the factory stock cars over there, which typically they would have been, I say, on our side, on the on the, the grass side of the track, the left side. Um, but it, it, I honestly, I I hope that they are learning something from it, that this can be done, and and maybe you know, as I said earlier, I mean, I, I've been pretty vocal about getting rid of sportsman cars at national events, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to just run them on Thursdays and Fridays. Now we have gone to events this year where they've run the first round of sportsmen on Thursday night. Um, there weren't too many happy racers over that, but it is what it is. Um, you know, we, we need to make, if we're going to make this sport bigger, we need to do things to entertain. I think, Cam, last time you and I talked, you were pretty impressed with what they did at Charlotte with the fireworks or the fire. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're, you know, they're going um, the right way. 
I mean, I, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of their Friday night deal where they pull up the funny cars or the dragsters up and they play the music. And I, I, that's just not me. But maybe that's what today's youth, yeah. if you want to call them, that's what that's what today's people want to see. And if that's the case, that's what we do. Oh, hell, hell yeah. I got my walk up music. Ready. <laughs> what's, Let's go. what's funny is, is uh, in Bristol, they they came around. And, you know, cause I always, I'm always bummed. And it's funny cause just Jordan Vandergriff said the same thing to me the other day. He's like, oh man, you know, it kind of sucks. We don't get to do driver intros anymore, you know, cause we're, we're the young kids, right? Like we, that, like we've made it to the pinnacle of the sport. We don't even get to walk out of the, the cannons or whatever. Like we talked about that with Tammy, yeah. but in Bristol, they let us do it because I don't know if it was Bruton Smith or whoever runs Bristol's track said, Hey, we want the drivers for driver intros and NHRA came around and said, Hey, you got to be there at 11 or whatever. And they're, we're going to, we're going to speed it up and we're going to do it with your pair, like who you're racing, which was, I thought was cool. And cause you, you get it. And then not only that, they, they took us after we went through the thing or whatever and high five the fans, they put us in the back of Chevy trucks and drove us up and down the track so we could wave at all the fans that were getting ready to go into the stands, which I thought was really cool. Didn't really take that long. They included ProMod, which I thought was cool. You know, I it may not be for everybody, but I feel like it also allows you to to get a personality to see who's behind the helmet. You know, to, I mean, no. Nobody, and, and, uh, if you look at the NASCAR races, that's what they do. Yep, that's and they're the whole, it's, it's about the show. Yep, yep. And see, I've always I've always said. Again, I've been pretty vocal about this, that, that NHR needs to ask themselves a question. Are we in the entertainment business or are we in the race car sanctioning business? And, and, and I, I, again, I think I mentioned this last week, too, in my blog, that Glenn Cromwell had an interview with the PRI magazine months ago, and they asked him that very same question. And he pretty much just basically alluded to the fact that they're moving towards being in the entertainment business. So they feel they're in the entertainment business. And, and so, it, you know, if that's the case, let's entertain. If I, again, I mean, I'm not a fan of the music, you know, on Friday nights, but the walk up music, whatever. But I mean, if that's what the people want, that's what you give them being in business. I've always learned that. What does the customer want? Is that what he wants? You give him what he wants. Yep. 100%. All right. So, Don's been pretty quiet this episode. So, I'm really, I'm really waiting. To, I don't know if he's <laughs> loading, up. loading up. Loading up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we got, there's a lot. I mean, one, I, I didn't touch on it, but John, thanks for bringing it up. They did. They stuck everybody tightened up on the asphalt over there. And, and got them all on that side of the racetrack. I, you know, if because you know how people are, they're going to find everything they think can think of to use as a, a justification statement. Uh, they did a great job with it, and I applaud them. I do not envy Ned, uh, Josh Peterson, uh, Glenn Cromwell, uh, Bill Bader Jr., the whole entire Bader family, the whole entire staff. That's, I mean, they were, it it was raining sideways Thursday at lunchtime when I got there as we came down the road. And do you want to know who met me at the gate? Evan Bader in white, completely and utterly soaked from head to toe, standing there in the downpouring rain. No, there was no tent up. They were coming in and out of a tent or whatever, a canopy or what. I mean, they were out there in the rain. To me, and everybody had a smile on. And how they had a smile on, well, maybe they were just laughing at it. They just thought it was comical to be standing in the rain while it's raining sideways. But nonetheless, they did a great job. The show portion of it. I would like to see, let's, let's talk about moving the sport. I would like to see them, as they move now, we're, we're adding classes, right? We're talking about Mountain Motor Pro Stock, Pro Stock, Pro Mod, Factory Stock Showdown. I would like to see them Split some of that up. I'm for you can you can have multiple styles of events for the NHRA and be able to have those feelings. I am sorry. We have racing associations that are out here and Pro Mod is their headliner for for decades. 
Pro Mod was the headliner in IHRA. They can, you know, they had eight car fields in top fuel, but Mountain Motor Pro Stock and Pro Mod put them in the seats in the South. I mean, Bud's Creek, I mean, stocking it up. So I've, hey, I'm over here. I'm a sports marketer. I'm an entertainer. I'm a promoter. I'm thinking, well, why don't we get Pro Mod, Factory Stock Showdown, and Mountain Motor, and we just kind of rotate them in a swirl throughout different mid markets. Let them come in, give us some sports nationals. We can have more of the walk-up music, the show, if you will. I mean, hey, there's like a bazillion freaking grave diggers out there every weekend across this country that are in arenas, and nobody in the stands is any wiser. Okay, but do you think that the powers that be are just stuck on nitro? thinking that nitro is the answer to everything to the show. I mean, it's well, now we're not, I don't, not I don't think that with, with the, with the pro mod, like I think they, they want to include pro mod in that. Well, well, pro mod puts on a hell of a, hell of a show. Yeah. I mean, you, look, top fuel and, and nitro funny car. They're, as they say, they always have been. They're the fastest accelerating vehicle on the planet. Sounds good. So you just you you figure out where that door car factory corporate backside is to help support that program. Um, you know, I heard it a lot over there on the sportsman side as people were walking in and going, Wow, you know, we were here, you know, we we're kind of disappointed we were already coming for stock super stock, top sportsman. Hey, where are the top drags? You know, are they bringing top dragster back? I mean, those comments were made. Now, were they made as many as the people that probably were there to walk by and have John Force t-shirts on? Uh, no, probably not. Not, not, you know, maybe it was a three to one ratio. However, I still believe that you have to have a show and I feel like you have to have the feeder program or mentality to be able to grow the sport. If you've got nitro funny car and top fuel dragsters, then I, and you've got alcohol funny car and alcohol dragsters, it makes a show there. There's a, there's a feeder process. People in the stands can start to relate a little bit that that's where those next level or next generation drivers are going to come from. Um, it's, it, it's quite, po- I mean, you bring up the feeder level idea and that's, that's pretty admirable, but I think that the only place that works is in the alcohol classes because there isn't a stock eliminated driver out there that's going to end up in a top fuel car someday. No, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I tie in pro stock pro mod with top sportsman. That's, that's the, anybody that's wheeling a top sportsman car, probably, uh, I'm not going to find anybody that's going to say, nah, I'm not interested. Wants to drive a, a pro mod, or a pro stock car, mountain motor stock. I mean, you know, it's got doors. So I think that that's why, okay, I mean, there was a time, when was that? 2010 to 2013, we had sports nationals in each part of the country. Had one on the West Coast, one in the South, and one in the Midwest, right? I got no problem. Don't we have, we all run, everybody gets eight. You, get, you, you know, you don't even have to change the numbers, you don't you do not even have to change the numbers. All you have to do is put it together and pick the classes. I, I, I mean you don't. What did we do? Top dragster, I believe, I know how to pull it out. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm I'm pretty sure Top Sportsman and Top Dragster both lost four classes or four classes, four events this year. So that's eight total. So all you're doing is picking your regions. Putting insert Mountain Motor Pro Stock and Pro Mod there with Factory Stock Showdown or inter, in, insert, you know, let it be top alcohol dragster is the is the, you know, the next one down from the Pro Mods or whatever the case are and put those sports nationals in those markets where people don't care about Nitro and they care about door car racing. You know, what cracks me up about a lot of this stuff when you like in the sportsman pits or whatever. 
all the racers, yes, they want to race as a national event, right? But when you're there, all the racers are always bitching about something about, oh, the parking, or we got bumped, or we got, you know, I freaking hate watching the nitro cars. So it's like, dude, you want to be there, but then all you do is bitch and complain the whole time you're there. So if you had a special sports national thing that catered to these sportsman people, maybe you guys would stop bitching. No. No, go find something else. No, I, no. Listen, here's here's what my my take on that bitching thing is that you know when we go to a national or divisional event, you get a bunch of racers hanging around at night, whatever, drinking beer, cooking, whatever. It, the talk always invariably comes around to, and I guess we can use this language here. NHRA sucks for whatever reason. You choose it. Tech, parking, uh, too many fuel cars, oil in the track, whatever. Okay, it just always comes around to that. The big national event, the the big money bracket races, and the outlaw races that I go to and cover. When you get the same number of racers hanging around at night, the bitch is, oh crap! I ran out of beer. I ran out of ice. I ran out of propane for the grill. They're there having fun, and that's something that I think is missing today, which might be a whole nother conversation, but it's something that I think is missing today in today's sportsman racing. Well, I... I <laughs> what, having a cooler full of beer? I mean, there's always beer. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm going to... Having right, fun. so yep. here, I'm, I'm going to tell you that you can... <sighs> in the Army, we always say we work hard, play hard. We, I mean, everything we do is hard, right? It's hard work. It is hard work for the NHRA staff to put on these events because there's so many moving pieces, right? But the one thing that is not hard is having fun and some manners. And let's use, I'm going to use the phrase, John, and don't stop me. I'm inserting common sense here. Okay. No, no, come on. Uh, <laughs> Why can't I look, stop you on that Okay, one? <laughs> so we're gonna, I'm going to make two statements. One, everybody that's involved in NHRA drag racing from the pro level to the sportsman level is some sort of success in their own career field as a professional. Business owner, executive, however the case is, they are involved in business to make money to be able to afford to do this. But somehow or another, as soon as they roll through the gate at a drag race, they lose all concept of their business sense. None of them would talk to let customers come in and talk to them or their staff the way that some of them talk to some of the NHRA people or say some of the things that they say. Now, does that mean that sometimes the things need to be said? Absolutely. It has to. Sometimes, yes, it has to be said. The second thing is, come on, seriously. We can have fun. There are some rules in place that people seem to enforce on the NHRA side of the house that, guys, you are turning into some fun-sucking leeches out there and running people off. It's still a hobby, and it's an entertainment deal. And, yes, there's things that could happen. Accidents happen. But, guys, come on. Relax a little bit. It's fun. Please do not take the fun out of a sport. Got to have fun. Got to have fun. I mean, what's that's what we got. You know, we all got involved in this thing because we wanted to go fast. And, you know, we want we didn't want to do it on the street anymore because we wanted to be safe. But we got into it because we wanted to have fun. And, and, you know, as you say, there's a lot of racers out there that have their own businesses or have their own eight to five jobs. And it sucks. Um, they just they want to spend some time on a weekend and get away from it. I've used this analogy before, but it's their it's their golf game. It's their boat. It's their house on the lake. And and that's what they want to do. That's why they want to go and race. Um, but sometimes when we get to these events, we start to get hassled and this and that and rules and, and it just gets to not be fun anymore. Um, and, and I don't know that there's an answer for any of that other than if you don't like what you do. You know, Bill Bader, Bill Bader Jr. made a comment when he got up on stage the other day. During opening ceremonies, he said, you know, um, next week is July 4th and, you know, you need to love this country. I forget his exact words, but basically he said something to the effect that, and if you don't like this country, get the hell out. Well, <laughs> if you don't like the sport, 
get the hell out. I mean, I'm not telling anybody that, you know, they should get out because we always want more racers. But I mean, if you don't like what you're doing, don't do it. Isn't it funny that like so many people, they, they love whatever it is, hunting, fishing, racing, boats, whatever. And it always comes back to you always crying about something, about something you love so much. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if it's we drag racing or whatever. It's like, oh man, my freaking boat, like yeah, this, that, yeah. and the other. Like such a yeah. freaking yeah. other thousand every time you use, I take my boat out. It's freaking like I can't start the damn thing. Broke down. Cito, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is, you know. No. Yep. Well, it is, and, and 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 that's the passion we have for this sport. I mean, it, it, there ain't a racer out there, and I guarantee you that that's there's passion. a lot of the track officials, maybe not, I guess we shouldn't say this, but maybe not the people at the top of the helm, that they just, the, the passion they have for this sport, the passion of being able to hang out on the weekend with your, fruddy, with your friends and your buddies and you know, that's the cool part about it. And that's what drives this sport is that passion. All right. Well, let's talk about I I wanted to talk about the sports marketing aspect of it, but of the impact. But I'm going to let's re, let's reserve that for a later time. I want to talk about some safety stuff real quick, because there was there was a couple things that happened over the weekend. And before we run out of time uh, that were that should have been as every time an accident happens should become a positive impact on our sport. So Erica Enders had a very eventful, um, we'll call it a blow up af- after she set a new speed record uh, in pro mod on Saturday. And also over the weekend, we had a severe no prep event accident up in Johnny D's neck of the woods. And both of those, that, spawned out of, or spiraled that's probably the better word uh spiraled out of control between donald long and big daddy dave on the social media side what and what has to happen before the minimums start to change and become crazy i mean we got it. erica's erica's explosion meltdown blow up Really, really resonated with me because looking at where things happened in the front end of her and what it did in the footbox area uh, really hit home with me because I basically had the same same type of setup. Uh, and you know, for what happens, obviously she's on EFI. I'm on EFI. A rod came out, took out the oil and the fuel pump, and the vibration. Uh, you know, broke, if you will, the fuel rails. Uh, and everybody knows that heat, fuel, and oil uh, makes a nice big fire. Uh, and they had one heck of a fire under the front end. She talked a lot about some safety measures, of changes that she was going to do, uh, have the team, you know, insert for herself uh, to make it safer for her moving forward. What's your guys' take on when it needs to be racer-directed versus sanctioning body-directed? I think it always needs to be racer-directed. Well, I shouldn't say that. You know, racers will get upset because NHRA said, uh, or, you know, the race people said, well, you got to wear these gloves or that jacket. But it's really for your own safety. I mean, I've been in that. I've had the unfortunate case of been in an accident. My son has been in rollovers and, and, you know, again, it gets back to learning from your experiences. And I think that racers need to look at things and go, dude, I, I, I can't, I can't be pulling up there with holes in my jeans or, you know, holes in my, my gloves. And I mean, we, I, I covered a big bracket race last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. And I, I I got high up on the starting line, high enough enough that I could shoot down into shoot photos down into the cockpits of the cars, and I was not taken back because I've seen this a lot, but I've seen drivers pulling up there with their thumbs cut off the safety gloves. I mean, the thumb is completely gone. It, it, you know, guys, when we start, when we were told that we had to wear gloves back, God knows when. Um, we thought, well, we can't release the button. We can't feel the, the trans brake button. So everybody started cutting little holes in their gloves right on their thumb. This guy had the gloves 
the thumb was completely gone. <laughs> um, you know, I've seen heads hanging out of cages constantly. Uh, a couple of years ago, more than a couple of years, I guess I've been doing this a little bit. Um, but in any event, uh, NHRA at Indy, they were they they had a tech official standing in the burnout box when Supercomp came up to run. And if what year was this? This was a while. Oh God, I remember this. So I got in 2000, I know that in 2010 to 2013, Indy was very, very impactful on the sportsman racers for that. Uh, in the, I, I, don't, I don't think it was 10. I think it was actually 11 or 12. Well, I remember them standing up there and if they saw a head hanging out of the cage or loose seat belts or, or whatever, you got pulled over at the finish line and gotten a little talking to. I mean, nobody threw anybody out. Uh, that's the one thing that I don't think really probably should happen unless they repeatedly see you do it. But I go to a lot of these big bracket races and I see this all too often. I see loose seatbelts, guys wearing jeans and a dragster, uh, jeans with holes in them in a drag. You know, um, it, it just it kind of bothers me. And I, and I said this almost every big bracket race I go to. I, I, I talk to somebody and say, listen, can you at least just have a have a guy in the on the uh, the starting line and seeing this stuff and just have a little conversation with him in the pits. Guys, these things can happen. Um, you know, John Asher said to me years ago that he was down at top end. He likes to shoot a lot of top end stuff. And, and he saw, and I forget who he said it was, a, a driver pull around the corner and he gets out and he's got his fire pants on, but he's got, he's got sneakers on. He's got no socks. Well, I mean, you can easily get burned right there. I mean, he was, he was, he said that he called me up after he saw it. He said, I can't believe they're doing this. Well, they're doing a lot worse. Yeah. Seeing, seeing Erica's fire the other day, that, I mean, that had to, had to open some guy's eyes. I hope I really do. You know, I, this, this could just be my own personal observation and I could be completely wrong. Now, if anybody's out there listening that does do drifting or road racing or anything like that, please email me or let me know that I'm wrong and there's people still bitching in that those arenas. But I've noticed, like, I have friends that race off-road and, you know, short course stuff or weekend, they go to, like, the time attack stuff or whatever. I went, I went to one, and, and I've been to a handful of uh, off-road stuff as well. And you get there. And it's almost like their safety equipment is like a style piece. And it's like, it's cool to have the Alpine star driving shoes and the one piece fire suit that they never take off. And it's, you know, you go to a drifting event and they're all, which is great because it's, it's going to save your life at some point in time. But drag racing, I don't really seem to, I don't, I don't see that ever. Like, Hell, I mean, people don't put their fire pants on if they do until the water box. It's like you never see sportsman people wearing a one piece suit unless it's mandated. No, you have no, to. I wear no. a one piece suit in in anything nitro just because I don't want that that open jacket pants thing. But other than that, I wear a two piece. But so it's like it's funny like to to see the different the different styles when it comes to racing. Like you know, maybe we'll have to ask call. Mark Collingwood in, in, in Australia and see what he what he says about this because I've noticed in his his po- posts and photos and stuff same thing they're always wearing their fire suits you go to a go kart race like a shifter kart race or whatever like for Scusa they wear their fire suits all freaking day but that's uh, so here's the thing with that for most of those people those series that you're talking about that's additional marketing for them. It, 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 it I know, is. but why isn't it for drag racing? We're never in the car. Well, I think so. Why would you wear that all the time? I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I mean, I think I have a pretty colorful fire suit, and I like all the logos on mine. So, I'm with you on that standpoint. Um, I, I mean, John Force wears his fire suit all day like a badass. Why can't everybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you couldn't even get that out without laughing. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, no offense. I mean, more power to him, man. I sweat my ass off in mine, but if I, I mean, if I had blue death or whatever the heck 
he's got on the side of that thing 24 seven. They wanted me to wear it. I'd be all for it. Well, I mean, I could ask you and, and insert the fact that maybe once he gets it on, he can't get it off. <laughs> it is kind of a pain in the ass to put a, a 20 suit on in the, and all that stuff. I, I mean, and he's running around with his head cut off running 19 different teams and stuff. So it does take, it's not just a 30 second deal, but when you go to these other events outside of drag racing, I just laugh that it's a, it's a style piece more so than a safety thing. And it's like, I mean, you go to any, like I've been to a bunch of stuff with Raceback, and it just the op- observation of they never take it off. Like, and I do a bunch of testing and go-karts for race pack. And it's like, I get out of that cart and I've been going around the track for 25 minutes. And all I can do is I can't get that thing off fast enough because it's hot, but it's just funny. Like maybe that's, I don't know if you're an off-road racer, go-kart racer, road racer, please um, let me know your thoughts on that. I'd love to hear complain. Complain. Yeah. yeah complain. I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's cool. I, you know, but, why don't drag racers do that? And they, all they do is just bitch and complain about everything. Wow. So uh, if you're a road racer, circle track racer, and you think that everybody bitches and complains too, please let me know. <laughs> well, I, hey, I'm in, I'm over here. I'm going to consider myself the silent majority. I, I had a conversation with Alan at Simpson on uh, Saturday evening and said, look, we're, you know, I need, I want to work on this, this, and this to be implemented into the car so that, that I'll be better, I'll be better prepared for something happening. Um, and, and you know, it, it is what it is. Okay. All right. But when, when do you stop? At what point do you go? Okay. I got the suit. I got the gloves. I got the neck brace. I got the, the when, when do we, when do you stop? I don't think, yeah, and I, I, I think, now, I think, well, I think the only answer is when you feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, that's just, you, you know, my wife makes a comment about why she's the only one that packs the parachutes because she says it's her life going down the racetrack too. I mean, I've never gotten in anything that I didn't feel safe in. Uh, and that's probably like a stupid comment to think that you've got some sort of confidence factor of going at 200 miles an hour and something but nonetheless uh or cam at 300 but you you do have to feel some sort of of comfort but also in, invincible as well uh but you can't be invincible if your dumbass ain't wearing gloves fire suit pants or you went and got a 50 dollars helmet from freaking walmart um I, I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not interested in having this conversation with you. That's how you see, you know, your life. The military always gave us the best equipment that they possibly could to protect us, and that's kind of how the way I see it is with driving a race car. So, hands down. I mean, I don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could get in arguments with, you know, the no prep or prep or this safety or that impact or whatever the case is. Accidents are going to happen. Do everything you possibly can to mitigate it. And then beyond that, man, sometimes you're just going to run out of talent. I mean, you're right. Accidents are going to happen. You know, if you've been in this sport long enough and you haven't had an accident or an incident, not necessarily an accident, but an incident, then it's not a case of if it happens. It's a case of when it's going to happen. You know, one of the younger funny car drivers told me we were talking about being in a funny car and. And and I said something about, you know, about blowing up. And his comment was, I know, he goes, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. So you have to be comfortable wearing your fire suit and your neck brace and everything. And and when do you stop not adding stuff to your car when you don't feel comfortable anymore? When, When you're comfortable, you know, Don, you saw Erica's act or whatever, the fire. and. You have the same type of car with the same type of setup, so to speak. Okay. I'm sure that you're now looking at your car going, you know, I'm going to move this or I'm going to change that or I'm going to do this. And because all of a sudden you didn't, you don't feel comfortable in there anymore. So now you change that and something else is bound to happen. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but at some point something else is going to happen and you're going to change it again. And, and the only God willing part of it is that you walk away from it learning what you need to do 
That's it. I mean, Cam, Cam, you didn't think you didn't think pedaling the car the other day was going to what transpired was going to happen just because you pedaled the car. But it did. Right. A hundred percent. And when it did it, I mean, you couldn't see it other than a, a screen grab that I was able to find. But that thing, I mean, because it's in, <clears throat> excuse me, during the day, you don't see the fireball that comes along with that. Everybody asked me, I was like, oh, did you feel the heat? And I was like, eh, not, not really. No. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, you know, look at this picture. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Should have felt the heat. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you just don't realize. I just, I just sometimes, and I'm going to one in a couple of weeks, going to a big bracket race, and, and I'm going to see guys again, you know, with the jeans and the loose belts. And You should take I a just, survey. You should, you should do some market research. You know, I, 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 I did a story not too long ago, and I called up a bunch of racers who I watched not having the proper safety equipment on, and, and their comment was pretty much, uh, the track operators make me do it, so I'm not going to do it. I, I don't feel comfortable with it on it. And maybe you don't feel comfortable. I remember when I started wearing the Hans device, which I, I don't wear the Hans when I went run the Simpson, uh, the hybrid piece. Uh, but I mean, when I first, when Hans first came out with those and I tried it on, it was like, oh no, there is no way I'm wearing this. I was just totally uncomfortable with it. Um, and then we went a couple of years and then of course, safety solutions came out with their Simpson unit, which is owned by Simpson now, but, and, and I wore that one and that was comfortable and, and that's fine. I mean, you have to be comfortable in the car, but you got to worry about what's going to happen, uh, going down the road. Uh, in 1985, I won Gainesville and I remember having the buy run at some point during eliminations. And I had no intentions of making the run whatsoever. I was just going to pull up there, stage, tree come on. I was just driving down a racetrack. And so I just put my seatbelts on because I knew they were going to look in the car. They could easily see, you don't have your seatbelts on. I put my seatbelts on. I didn't tighten them. I put my helmet on. I don't even think I latched it or whatever. And I staged the car and tree come on and I just stepped on the gas and I started driving it down the track. And as I'm driving faster and faster, I'm realizing, man, something could happen here. I remember reaching up and tugging on my seatbelts to pull them down tighter because I thought, oh, if something happens here, I could be in trouble. Um, and, and not with them. I could care less about them. I could I could get hurt here. So you got to feel comfortable. I'm not one to wear my seatbelts in my truck or my car. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty bad about that, but there are instances where I can tell you whether uh, when I get in my truck or my car and I'm driving down a road and I start to thinking about what could happen and I reach up and I put my seatbelt on. It's just, it's human nature, but sometimes I'm not sure people think about that. Yeah. Okay. Off the soapbox. <laughs> well, that's a, we're, we're going to, we're going to close out on the soapbox. Uh, John, thanks for being on the show today. We greatly appreciate it. I am sure that we'll all be uh, looking forward to reading your blog and your thoughts uh, later on this week. Or actually, by the time this comes out, we will have already read them. So, uh, Man, my blog goes live in the morning. So there, there we go. So, but we definitely do appreciate having you on, and uh, you're the first first time, two time guest on the Racers and Rental Cars podcast. So I do uh, also appreciate all those. Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 Wallies behind you that I can see. Are you counting? Oh, oh, the, oh, those. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, those? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, hold up. Uh, there's, there's two ice cream scoopers uh, up there. Yeah, yeah, there's the two ice cream <laughs> scoopers. <laughs> Well, listen, I am, um, I, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm totally honored to even just hang out with you guys. Um, it, it makes my day. It's, it's enjoyable. The podcast is great. I listen to it all the time. Um, I listened to the one from last week going out to Norwalk. Um, so it's, uh, I, I think it's cool to just get together and just shoot the bull, bench race, whatever you want to call it. And and I think you do a great job. Well, I think I think Cam calls it why Cam calls it whining. That's what they call it on the West Coast. They call it whining. Wine. Wine. Do we little- get some? Do we get some cheese with that wine there? Yeah. 
that. You can have my cheese because I can't eat cheese. But I tell, my, I tell my little boy all the time when he starts when he starts crying, no whining, no whiners in this house. No whiners in this house. He can't talk yeah, yet, but he's gonna. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't raise we well, don't thanks. raise whiny boys in this in this family. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Wait till yeah. his kid gets a little yeah, older. No I kid. can start telling him about his dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whining. I peddled it. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a fight. Well, thanks for being on, John. Cam, take us out of here. All right. Uh, yeah. As per usual, you know, thank you guys for listening, and make sure you get your racers and rental cars apparel. We got hats, shirts. All kinds of stuff on the website now. We updated it a little bit. It's a little, little easier to navigate. Uh, men's, women's apparel, etc. That's at racersandrentalcars.com. And also thank you to racepack.com and Streetway Marketing Media uh, for allowing us to do this. And last but not least, Voice America. And if you guys are ever interested in advertising on our podcast, please shoot us an email at hate mail at racers and rental cars.com. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things coming up and uh, we hope that uh, it also benefits our listeners. So with that, we'll see you next week. Let's